Welcome to the Modern CPA Success Show, where we're 100% focused on helping accounting firms achieve success. If you're an accounting firm owner who wants to learn how to provide virtual CFO services, then this podcast is for you. Welcome to part two with our interview with David Jennings from Systemology. Uh, so going into this interview, Jody and I could tell that uh, we were gonna have a lot to talk about with David. He has a lot of information. Jody and I both recently read his book and we just knew we were gonna have a ton of questions for him. So we got into it knowing it would take probably about an hour for us to, to talk to him. So this is, the, this is the second episode of the same conversation. In this episode, we go into a lot more depth. And I really think that if you liked episode one, you're gonna love episode two because we're really going into more depth and really getting a lot more details on what his system looks like and how to implement it at your company. I know we've uh, implemented it at ours and we're making a lot of changes and have had a lot of my team reading this book, especially those that are really um, interested in process. So I've, I've passed the book on to my team and I think that uh, this podcast is just giving you the very high level, even though the second one's more detailed. But if you like these two podcasts, I would definitely recommend getting the book. It's available everywhere. And I think that it would really help out your organization. So and enjoy the second episode. A lot of business owners are, are listening to this podcast right now, and whether they're in the creative agency field, an attorney, whether they're in the accounting field, you know, they're, they're, they're listening here. And I, I would say I'm probably as guilty as everyone. And if you can kind of explain why we're not the best people to create this process or document this process, I'd really appreciate it. Because again, mm. we've got so much going on. We don't have time for this kind of stuff, right? Yeah. And this is an interesting one. And I know you've got, um, you know, a bit of a love for, for Michael Gerber's work. We, we talked about him earlier. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I've had the good fortune. I tell a little bit of the story in the systemology book, but, but I've worked quite closely with Michael on a few different things. And he's so passionate about the work that we're doing with systemology and given it his full endorsement. And I remember having this discussion with him. And when I originally wrote the book, I wrote it saying, that, you know, and I still believe that the business owner is the worst person to be doing the documentation because they're so busy. They've got a hundred other things that are more important and urgent. They'll never find space for systems. So they do need someone to champion it forward. Oftentimes as well, the business owner doesn't get excited by the idea. They don't love the idea of documenting their systems and processes and business owners really for them to be doing what they do best. They need to be working from their area of genius um, and they're great at solving problems. Wait, we want to get hear that, Jamie. Area of genius. <laughs> oh boy, David. I'm, okay. I'm just, okay. <laughs> you're in trouble now. And to be clear, and to be clear, everybody has an area of genius. Oh, not oh. just the business <laughs> um, so, uh, you, you want to find, uh, and where they work well, a business owner is solving problems, and they're great at. You, you want them solving problems that. Uh, keep getting higher quality problems. That's what systems do. They enable you to solve a problem once and then the business owner can move on to the, the next problem, which should be a higher level. So I was having this discussion with Michael and he said, that there's one thing you need to be careful of. He goes, um, you, you can't completely let the business owner off the hook and say that, hey, you don't need to worry about this systems thing, just completely you know, I think uh, abdicate responsibility and, and give it to your operations manager and step out. He said, the business owner, um, their job is to lead. So they, they need to like at least high level, understand the process. They need to be all in on it. They need to believe it so passionately that they can lead from the front, 
But then, yes, you need the yin to your yang. You need the operations manager. If the business owner is the leader, then you need some form of manager. And maybe that's, you know, like Jody has his Jamie um, and you need someone who in, can really champion this and drive it forward and work with the team members and keep it front and center. Because the if you want to move to be a systems-based business, what you're actually doing is changing the culture. That takes time. Oftentimes, depending on how long your business has been in business, the team has already started to get set in their ways and develop a culture. So what you're actually talking about is changing that culture. Most of the resistance for that is going to come up front because it's going to be with your existing team members. New team members, when they come on board and they see your systems and your processes, that's all they've ever known. So this is the way that they do things here and they're much more accepting of the process. But your existing team will go, we've always done it this way. Why do we need to change? Not only that, the benefits of systemization, it's the biggest impact, it's a cumulative effect. You don't feel the benefits immediately. So it's very easy to abandon this initiative after a few months uh, if you don't have that staying power. And that's, again, why it's so important that the business owner must have someone else really drive it and champion it. Because oftentimes business pe- uh, big, you know, the, the business owner, um, they don't always have awesome follow through. They're great with ideas. They're great with getting things started. They'll get things moving to a certain point. But systems only works when we change the culture. And that only happens after time. And it'll take you six to 12 months to change that before you really go, wow, I can now see the difference. And I mean, why I'm so passionate about this is I see the difference between those that have systems and those that don't. And I can tell you now from a business perspective, it is night and day difference. Once you really get this and you grasp this, we're talking like huge fundamental change to the business and the way that everybody works and the temperament and the scalability and the profitability and the freedom that it brings to the business owner and really all of its team members. So it's it's something that the business owner needs to fall in love with, but then they also need to pass that baton to the systems champion to really drive it and hold them accountable. And the good thing is though, there never has been a better time in history to systemize your business than right now. COVID has created an amazing little opportunity for business owners that was previously not there. The resistance you would get from your team and some team members sometimes used to be quite high, Mm -hmm. but at the moment, team members are so accepting of change because their life has changed, their home life, their community life, their work life. It's the perfect time to say, hey, we have to change the way that we're doing business. And everybody gets that. So if, if ever you were going to do this, now is the time. Yeah, I think that the buy-in is the key. You know, I think you're, you hit it on the head there. Like if I, you know, we've done this several times and had process changes where we're thinking, okay, this is what needs to be done. And obviously with COVID, we're, we're thinking through new things. And I think that the getting the buy-in from the employees that have been there a while and explaining to them the why and really making sure that they understand. And a lot of times the the why is, is, you know, you're working 60 hours a week right now. Is that what you want to keep doing? And so I think that, and oftentimes, you know, I know at least one of my strategies is I, I utilize the team a lot because they're, they're in the, they're in the weeds. They're 
they're doing this day to day, a lot of times they have a lot of great tips for you as well. So I guess that that's my question is how, how do you utilize the team members when you are going through that process and, and how do you make sure that they're invested? Mm, so if the first stage in systemology is to identify what the 10 to 15 systems are, the second stage in systemology is then to identify where the knowledge resides. Mm -hmm. So we want to think wherever possible, if we can take the business owner out of the equation, who is the team member who currently does that step and does that step to a pretty good standard that we're all quite happy with that we would like to replicate because huge wins happen in your business by bringing everybody up to at least that standard and doing it consistently. So you go through a process in the book, uh, we call it the assign stage. And we've got a, a, another little template we use called the DRTC. It's just departments, uh, roles, and team chart. But it, it's, it's not like an org chart. It's more like a um, where is the knowledge trapped chart. Uh, and we want to get you as a business owner in your brain to start thinking about your business in terms of departments, because a lot of business owners, particularly when they're small and they're micro, they're very task driven. So they're oftentimes assigning out tasks to team members and they're going, do this, do this, do this, do this, do this. Then they go to the next team member, do this, do this, do this, do this. Then they go to the next team member. They get all the way through to the team at the end of the team. And then they have to go back to the first team member and get them going again uh, because they've got through all of the tasks that they've done. Then they don't leave any time for themselves to do any tasks. Um, and usually they're working on the evenings and, on the weekends and things, that's when they get their work done because during the week they're spending the rest of the time keeping the team busy. Um, and one of the shifts, there's a few shifts that need to happen to, to change that mindset. One is to think of your term, your team um, or your, your business in terms of departments. So you want a sales department, a marketing department, an operations, a HR, a management. Then you want to start to think, well, who is responsible for those departments and who are the knowledgeable team workers that sit underneath those? So um, if you have a systems champion, I mean, the, the best way to do it is like Jody's done. And it's funny, I know we had a discussion just prior to recording this where we kind of, like Jody said, the book was so reaffirming when reading it and going, wow, this, this would have, you know, shortcutted what I've done by many, many years. We kind of had to figure this out the hard way, but what happens is you identify someone like Jamie, you get your systems champion to drive this, you figure out where all the knowledge is stored. And then you effectively have two people. You have the knowledgeable worker, and then you have Jamie, the systems champion, who's almost like that extractor. And then he can help to guide and make sure that that knowledge is extracted in a consistent manner, organized and stored in a consistent manner. Uh, and then, you know, we'll kind of talk about some of the, the later stages, but to get the team involved, yeah, we figure out where the, the knowledge is. We, we then start to think about all of the systems that we defined and we pair them up together. What is the system here? Who is the person who knows how to do it? What is the next system? Who is the person who knows how to do it? And you just dump all of that onto a spreadsheet. And that then becomes your action plan. Now, there's a few finer tweaks here. When, when you start to think about capturing the system and getting that on the spreadsheet, sometimes you have to really define what is the key component of that step. Because if in the critical client flow, you've said SEO or you've said social media, 
what does that mean? What system am I capturing out of social media? So the next step when you translate it to the spreadsheet is to go, what is the 80-20 of this? What is the one thing in social media that's important? What is the one thing in SEO that's important? Maybe you say for SEO, it's blog posts. I need to write one blog post every single month and it has to be consistently done. Okay, well, that's the system we write. If it's social media, you might say, what is the one thing that we have to do? Well, it's posting Facebook updates every second day. Okay, well, let's make that our system. And which that's where we actually translate the critical client flow into very clear systems that are going to be captured. You're killing me, just so you know. You're killing me. <laughs> <laughs> we, we, we did all this. It took us forever yes. to get all this done. But we did exactly what you're, what you're saying. We, we developed the what we call organizational chart, and it wasn't by necessarily title or anything like that. It was by what their task was, you know, what their role was, whether it was marketing or advertising or whatever that might be. And then we did exactly that. We broke out the people underneath it who we felt were the critical people to, to do it. And then Jamie went and approached those individuals. And, and from there we wrote our processes and, and did exactly what you're saying. It just took us, you know, 20 years, but you know. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny when I look back on this now, um, and why I was so drawn to write systemology is because there hasn't been any work that has done it down into like a system. Where is the system for systemizing your business for getting started? Mm-hmm. I, I couldn't find this book. You know, I, I could have written a book about um, getting your, your, your team pumped up and draw together or goal setting or, I mean, but there's plenty of stuff in that area, but I really feel like this is like the least addressed area in small business. And it's because it is the blind spot for so many business owners and oftentimes it's not seen as a sexy topic for whatever reason, I mean, I get so excited about it because I've fallen in love with not the process. It's I don't love writing systems and processes. I love the result that I see it brings right. to business. And mm-hmm. you, you fall in love with that. And once you get that, you, you don't let go of it because, because it is the building block of business. Yeah, for sure. And it's funny because, you know, we you talked about E-Myth a little bit earlier and the, the one part to E-Myth and it's it, the interesting part is you, if you talk to Adam, who's our other partner, and he didn't he didn't fall in love with this part as much as I did. But this is the part that I, I couldn't stop reading was the story about the hotel and, and his, his experience with the hotel and the and the binder and all of that. And that's the part that I always go back to. And again, so that's probably why I got put in this role is because that that's something that's the story I think about all the time. I'm always rereading it and, and really thinking about that and trying to think about how we do that at Summit. But again, what your book, it does, is it takes that four page story, it takes it to the next level. Okay, everybody wants to have the binder. Everybody wants their customers to have that hotel experience. But how do you do it? How do you get it? And that's exactly what your book has taken me through. And not only that, I feel like, I mean, the e- Michael's work was so pivotal when he wrote it like 40 years ago. Um, and it really just built the case for systems. Now we all agree systems are important. Mm-hmm. When I read uh, E-Myth, um, there's parts where I go, hey, I-, I think, I mean, if Michael had his time again, there's bits that would be tweaked. Um, obviously, for one, 
the world has changed and moved forward. And uh, Michael back then was writing about how McDonald's was, you know, 50 years ago. Mm-hmm. Now that McDonald's has progressed and people think about McDonald's, they're now thinking about where they are. Yeah. And there's a, a shift now, like it's, you need to replace the word binder into some sort of online portal. Some people get yeah. stuck in some of that old language, 100%. imagining that it's the printout, but a systems champion sees that and goes, no, no, it's, it's not the words. It's the concept. It's exactly. capturing the IP and the knowledge and then having it centrally stored. The, the other thing I noticed, cause Michael um, is so enamored uh, and understandably with what McDonald's, Um, has done that became the poster child all the way through and michael was talking about things like you know how mcdonald's tested the colors of their shirts and you know the would i like fries with that and all of these micro tests which actually happens at the end of the process i mean in systemology we optimize last right so there's the tendency if, if you don't quite catch it you try and do that optimization mm. up front and then it becomes a hindrance. But first, M- McDonald's didn't start there. They figured out what the base level was. We get your business operating without key person dependency, um, you know, with the core systems in place in all of the different departments and it's humming. Then we layer a dashboard over the top so we can look at the metrics. Mm-hmm. And then we listen to the business and we let the business guide us as to what needs to be worked and tweaked and improved based on areas where you go, oh, you know, we got this many leads to the website, but no one's filling out the form and asking us to contact them. Okay. Well, there's something wrong here. Let's go to work on this piece. And I think there's a few subtleties like that. I mean, it's hard when you write a book, there's, there's so many things that you could do. Part of the the magic of a great book is not knowing what to put into it. It's actually what to leave out of it mm-hmm. Be- because you, you need to get the simplicity uh, of the concept enough that someone gets it and they starts the start the process. But then, yes, there are these little finer tweaks that um, really only get discovered the deeper you explore. Yeah. And it's, it's funny, I did a, when we, when I first got put in this job, I had, was, we had a conference with all the, our whole team. And one of my jobs was to explain my job. And I, I pulled that story, but like you said, I didn't, I had the binder up there and then I transitioned it to a tool we've talked about before, Jetpack Workflow, which is an online database for tracking our processes. And so it's exactly what you said. I was like, okay, yeah, we need a binder, but it's not a binder. Here's what it is. So it's pretty, it's pretty yes. funny you said that. Yeah, and another thing you mentioned before is uh, making yourself worthless, right? Not worthless in the meaning that you're not worth anything, but making your pulling your actually your worth out of the company makes you even more valuable, um, which is which is huge. And, and a lot of people get stuck behind the things, thinking, you know, hey, I, I got to protect myself. I, I can't let let my guards down. I can't put everything down in words like that because then people will know what I do and maybe it's not as much as I think I do or or maybe they're going to critique it or, or whatever and I think uh, one of the big things and the big hurdles for us is just simply you know be vulnerable make yourself worthless and in turn you'll make the company more profitable you make the company better you'll make your position better and what you do and it wasn't really until I would say about three years ago 
uh, having processes and put in place. And we started the process thing a long time ago, like back and forth, back and forth. When Jamie came on the scene, it was his main focus. And, and, and I could see that the profit margins of the company went way up, you know, because now the processes are repeatable. The clients are getting the exact same experience from one CFO versus the other CFO or a very similar experience, not, not exact, obviously, but you know, it, it was, it was that repeatable process. When someone left, it wasn't like a fire alarm drill. What do we do? How do we even log in? We don't know. Everything was already put in that process and put in place. And I think that one of the biggest things that a lot of people think was it's going to take all this extra time. You know, we don't want to waste that time. My people should be doing, you know, billable time or working on, on, on client projects, not on this. And I think they missed the boat completely because I think doing mm. what you're talking about throughout your entire book is really the key to profitability. There's a couple of things there as well that jump out at me. One, I remember reading uh, an interview with Reed Hastings, the founder of Netflix, uh, and he was saying that they went down this systemization journey and they got you know sight of what McDonald's was doing and they thought, right, let's systemize everything. And he systemized it and he said, we got it to the point where it was dummy proof. But the only issue was only dummies now wanted to work here. <laughs> and th- that made me go, you know what? He's right. It's, it's not, I mean, if you were building a hamburger business and you were taking 15 year old kids off the street and you wanted to teach them how to flip a hamburger and they've got zero experience. Yes. You probably would write a system as in as painstaking detail as McDonald's does, but I, we're a little bit different. I like to hire great A players, high quality team members, and I want them to be doing an amazing job. So I don't, again, I, you know, I don't need to tell them how how to take out the trash and how to tie the top of the rubbish bag and go put it in, in the bin. Like that, that's not going to be overly helpful to them or to the business or anything. So you, you want to, there's a real fine line between documenting and capturing process and over systemizing. We want to grab the core and we want to get everybody up to that standard and get some real consistency there. But we also don't want robots. We want people to be able to think. And that goes back to what you were saying, Jody, this whole idea of, um, and you're right, let's substitute the, the worthless with, we want to make ourselves more valuable to the team and the business. And the way that we make ourselves more valuable is by taking uh, our lowest value tasks, systemizing it to the point where we can delegate it to lower cost team members. So that then means now you as a team member can take on higher quality things and solve bigger problems, higher value things, which actually makes you more valuable to the business. We want to start by doing that with the business owner because oftentimes they can handle some of the biggest problems, but really that whole thinking applies to everybody. We always want to be looking at growing and improving our team members. They need to be thinking about how do I become more valuable to the company by freeing myself up by delegating. And it's it's a little bit counterintuitive and you have to teach your team members by systemizing themselves out of the role they're not making them less valuable. They're actually making themselves more valuable because now they can work on tasks that previously they didn't have space for, that previously was sitting on the business owner's lap or the leadership team's lap. Mm -hmm. But now 
they've got extra space and they're more efficient. And now they can solve that. Wow. You just became way more valuable to your team. And this, again, I know you mentioned the, the 80, 20 rule a while ago, we kind of have another 80, 20 rule that we use and we rolled this out is we wanted to systemize 80% of what we do so we can be creative for the other 20% and use our knowledge for that other 20%. And so when I rolled this out to our CFOs and our CFOs are, very intelligent people, people who have run businesses, done all these things. And so this was a difficult concept for them that I was trying to systemize what they're doing. But I'm like, the reason I'm systemizing it is because I want to use your knowledge for that 20%, because that 20% is what our clients are paying for. They want your knowledge. They want your information. Yeah. But if you're spending all that time thinking about how to reconcile AR, you're not, you're not treating our clients the way they should be. I remember in the digital agency, one of the things that got me the biggest breakthrough for this was uh, I ended up getting some inquiries from clients about uh, creating content for them because we would create videos and we did it really well. And we got enough requests where I said, we've got to create a sub business here. So we set up Melbourne video production. It, it sat under the banner of the creative agency. It was a separate business, but I'm not a camera guy. And it was one of the first businesses that from day dot, I couldn't deliver or do the thing. <laughs> I, I had to, from day one, build the business without me getting on the tools and making videos and doing it. So that exercise was really interesting. And I remember going on one of the very first shoots with one of the videographers and it was about a 45 minute drive to get to the shoot. And he spent the entire time in the car going, oh, did, it, did I charge that extra battery? Oh, I hope I bought the right lenses. Oh, did I, I pack everything in the kit? Oh, I want, and, and we spent all the time just thinking about menial stuff that just should have just been organized. And then we ended up systemizing. We created a pack checklist and there was a, a pre-interview, um, like pre-production interview that you would do with the client to make sure that they were well-prepared so they weren't wearing checkered shirts and, you know, all of the no-nos in the video space and would prepare them. And then I remember about six months later, I went on another shoot and the discussion that we had in the car was night and day difference. We had discussions about the shot list. Him in his head, he's going, how am I going to capture that shot? Who, who am I going to have in that frame? Mm -hmm. And it was such a dis different conversation. And it was all because he had the space now to do what he, he does best mm -hmm. rather than thinking about, you know, had I packed correctly? Um, so it's that for me, yeah, you're, you're right. It's counterintuitive. Sometimes people think, oh, we're systemizing, we remove creativity, but what we're actually doing is systemizing the things that have to happen anyway. So let's not think about them and yep. just make them happen. That then creates the space for the team member to do their best work. 100%. So, so we've gone for two podcasts here now. And so I really appreciate your time and I want to get final thoughts from both of you guys. So um, uh, David, I'll start with you. Then we'll end with you, Jody, kind of final thoughts on, um, on this podcast and what our listeners need to know and walk away with. If I've done just one thing on this call and this podcast, it would be a success for me. And that's to reignite that fire inside the business owner to say, Systems and processes, yes, we agree they're important. And just because I don't think I'm a systems person doesn't mean I can't own a systems-driven business. It is very natural, logical, and common 
for the business owner to think that they aren't a systems person. But I'm here to tell you that every business owner, they deserve complete business reliability. They deserve their business to to run and grow and not be key person dependent. And if you believe in what you do and you want to deliver great value to your clients, systems are a key part of making this happen. It's the only way that you can scale. It's the only way you can grow. It's the only way you can create more time, reduce errors and scale your profitability. So obviously go out and get a copy of the book. Just go to systemology.com forward slash book or go over to Amazon, search systemology. There's the audio book. If you're an audio person, I know Jody listened to the audio version yep. a couple of times, or yep. if you want to read it or Kindle it, um, just start the process and then get the book into the hands of your key team members, like those leadership team, your systems champion and say, Hey, I want to do this in my business. Yeah. I will say reading, reading the, or listening to the book, you do sound a lot better at 1.0 speed than 1.5. I'll tell you that right now. <laughs> but uh, no, I mean, you, you, you really brought a lot to the table today. And I, I know well, our listeners will, will benefit dramatically from this. The, the, the question I would have for you and kind of wrapping up is that, you know, we've implemented processes and systems from day one and we've continued to add and add and add. And we really feel that truly this is one of the reasons why we are this, at the success level that we have and can deliver the service that we do. But, but you know, not, not a lot of people have 20 years to, to do this, right? And so reading a book, you know, some people reading a book will figure it out right away and never have to come back. But what if they need more? You know, you know what, yeah. do, do you offer anything that, that's more than just the book that maybe they can tap into? Yeah, when the book came, um, we just got overloaded with, with more business that we could actually service. So um, I made it my mission to go out and train people and certify people in the methodology. We call them systemologists. Um, a lot of uh, accounting firms, they almost see it as a value added service. I've seen them train up a systemologist, systemize their own business, and then offer it as an, an added value to their clients. So, I mean, we've got a network, a global network of systemologists that work with businesses either one-on-one -on -one or also in a group sort of environment. So there's, there's plenty of different options. If um, a, a group process, you kind of meet with a group of business owners and you go through the systemology process facilitated by a systemologist or you work with them one-on-one. -on -one. Or if you're a real go-getter, like I said, everything's in the book. Like um, if you really want to drive it and you've got your, your Jamie who can do this, then the, the book will be enough to drive them. If you need extra help, then, then there's those options too. Great. No, I think that's that's great information, and I, everybody has heard the website, so I would definitely recommend going there. And like I said, um, I read the book on um, my Kindle, and it really was helpful. And was it's very marked up with uh, my highlighter and everything <laughs> like that. So I know I'm going to have some. Like you said, I think your goal in this podcast definitely worked for me. I, I was thinking as you were talking, I'm like, there's some, definitely some additional work I can do, and I'm ready to get started right after this call. So I appreciate your appreciate your time, and thanks to you as well, Jody. Yeah, sincere thank you for sure. Yeah, pleasure. Thanks for having us, guys. Yeah, mm -hmm. thank you. Enjoy this episode? Visit our website at summitcpa.net to get more tips and strategies for achieving modern CPA firm success. We're here to be a resource in this ever-changing industry.